Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hi, once again, I'm Sue Rose Minahan. This is Talk Cosmos Leading Edge Conversations Awakening Your Authentic Self for Soul Girls. And it's March 6th. Today is actually a day that Mars, our inner planet of um, our desires and attractions, is conjunct, that means at the same spot, as Mars, our directions, our activities, and they're in the sign at zero degrees Aquarius. In the meantime, we have two other planets conjuncting also in that process that won't happen until April, but because they're slower and further out, it's taking a little longer, and that would be Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. But for all extent and purposes, they're really powerful right now, close within it. The same degree. So our title here for Planet Buzz is Let Your Freak Flag Fly. Be that unique self. And there'll be a lot more in this discussion and I look forward to it. And thank you so much for joining. Okay, we're ready for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunshine books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Oh, Laura, it's so great Hi. to see you. Yeah. I yeah, guess we'll miss. Good. Yes, we'll miss Leslie. She, yeah. just to let our no, audience know, is uh, on the team, 
but today just wasn't working there yet. So we're here once again. And I started with Laura. It's always a great treat. Yeah. 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 It's good. And I mean, it's lovely when Leslie's here, but so, mm-hmm. yeah, life happens. So that's it. And isn't that really, when you think about this Aquarius energy that's happened, uh, well, we'll bring up a chart later. It's sudden, it's unpredictable. And in our lives, so many ways, it's just unearthing um, changes, many changes. Yeah, I mean, that's this Aquarian energy that this conjunction here on the East Coast happened in the wee hours of the morning. I was not awake at two o'clock in the morning when this conjunction happened. Um, But, you know, it may have filtered, found its way into the weird dreams I had. Um, But, you know, that Aquarian energy that is about noon, that, that, revolutionary energy right that thinking uh, looking at things thinking about things in un, un in unique ways and unpredictable events happening that maybe i hate to use the word force but sort of perpetuate or necessitate a recalibration it is a burst of energy it's really true just like that lightning associated with Uranus, that is, uh, there's that, Rick Levine always mentions about the the dynamics, you know, scientifically, it's a, a matter of ions, negative and positive, that, that have got to release tension, and boom, light happens, and I suppose, maybe that mystery of Prometheus, the, who gave, in mythology, that gave fire to people, but we still don't understand really perhaps what fire is, but yes, there's. Um, well, and he made humanity, right? That's part mm-hmm. of Prometheus's story is he made humans. Put life into that clay object. Yes. Cause it was just clay that could be almost like clamation. I suppose, you know, that old process of animation where they made little clay figures, but that with the spark of life have all that we have. Yeah. Part of the, yeah. So that's part of that Aquarian, um, Aquarius and Uranus being associated with Prometheus and the humanitarian side of Uranus Aquarius is Prometheus being the, the creator of, of humans where his brother Epimetheus made all the other creatures on the planet, um, that, that he's responsible for humans, which is why he stole fire from the gods because he wanted us to have something to defend ourselves from all the other creatures his brother had made. (laughs) It it is. It is a fascinating way to look back. And it suddenly makes me think, I hadn't thought of going in this direction, but the suddenness, the suddenness to receive, just thinking of the storyline, like if you were that clay object and suddenly you receive, it's like having consciousness, which then does lead me to realize that part of this research I'd been preparing a little bit here was this sense of awakening because mm-hmm. Aquarius is also awakening and there's those stages, you know, where we. Yeah. And so then we combine this with this conjunction of this Mars Venus merging that we've just had. And it's a really unusual Mar- conjunction, right? Because Mars and Venus, right. They're the cosmic lovers and 
um, in mythology, they were never married. They were just lovers. They were betrothed to other beings, but they still came together with some degree of regularity. And, but we just had a conjunction in Capricorn, but because that conjunction occurred right after Venus went direct, now she was speeding up and we get this other one. And so it's really unusual that you get two conjunctions, not only in the same year, but two weeks apart, roughly. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It's a very unusual pairing. Um, and then they're pairing at zero degrees, one minute. I mean, they really could be not be more like barely in a sign. It's, you know, it, which contrary to how some people think about of the concept of cusps, that just in a sign is actually the most potent of the sign, mm, right? Those first 10 degrees, that first 10 decan of the sign is yes. the most true, the most authentically that sign. Yes. And so this is really Aquarian. This is really revolutionary, really innovative. Um, a call to, you know, Venus being what we love, what we value, what we need to feel secure in the world. Mm -hmm. And then Mars, which is our drive and our action and our ability to be proactive or not, right? <laughs> our lack of proactivity. Um, that merging, it's, it's, we are being called to go after what we want, right? Collectively at a global level, and it being in the humanitarian sign, I think we're seeing that all over the news. Yes, and Aquarius is that community. It's our networking, whereas the Capricorn is the 10th sign of our social um, foundations, we could say, our rules and regulations and, and traditions and so much more. And I'm realizing as in the sense of awakening that if we, it doesn't necessarily relate to the Capricorn, although in traditional, they're both ruled by Saturn, Aquarius brings that extra uh, guidance through Uranus, you know, because it is the modern ruler. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that awakening stage is first, uh, and this was from a site, just wakeupworld.com something I printed out some time ago, and I'll just say the bullet points, that first is that there's something more, that realization. Then there's questioning because it doubts, and the consciousness begins to kind of perceive something different. Then there's introspection, the internal, evaluating through, you know, discovering in the self. Then there's resolution through that, which is a spiritual awakening where you begin to experience daily uh, this consciousness. And then lastly, providing one does that one's actually working in that alignment, connecting with the spiritual prime creator as a channel so that whatever you express is in, in tandem with it. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, if um, Prometheus had a great legacy here <laughs> to offer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, for those of us, and one thing to keep in mind, because even though 
this the exact alignment is passed, we're still very much in this energy. So you didn't sort of miss out on an opportunity to connect with this energy because it happened, you know, um, like 15 mm. hours ago. Um, it's still very much part of the day, part of this next couple weeks, probably, of even for yourself sort of assessing, okay, what in your own world, because for all of us, it's this is playing out somewhere in our natal charts. Are you or are you not going after what you really want? And, and in a really authentic way, because that has a lot to do with Aquarius as well, right? Is our authenticity, is our unique, authentic self, and how we maintain that within the group within our tribe that is that Aquarian energy as well. And it's this balance, right? Part of the challenge in being in the Aquarian age is how do we navigate maintaining our autonomy and this interconnectedness with humanity? I like, yes, it makes, yes. And as you were saying about um, the two planets that we're talking about, Venus and Mars, I began to think, oh, where are they now in my chart? In other words, not just where they are sitting as a conjunction, but what natally would, because it differs so greatly for us in the countries and the time zones we're in, which we can talk about. But on in your personal chart, where does Venus rule? Because there's two signs, Taurus and Libra. In my case, it would be the eighth and the second house. And is that right? No, it'd be the ninth and the second because they're in conjunct, right? And then for um, Mars, what would Aries uh, uh, rule, which would be, well, for some, if you look at traditional, it includes Scorpio, but otherwise it would be where Aries is, you know? So it's like those changes are being melded together, those house areas, considering that we look at quadrant houses, mm -hmm. you know, are getting refocused into this new awakening of uh, with this zero degree, the fool, as we could say in tarot, that just gladly wants to separate and become, you know, that new energy. Which is very Uranian Aquarian energy itself, right? Is mm. that, um, and and so not just looking at okay, well, where the traditional rulership of Venus being Taurus and Scorpio, and so those houses for you or Leo or or Taurus and Leo, or, yeah, um, or but or Aries for Mars, right? Um, but the conjunction, right? Because for me, the conjunction has isn't in a house that has anything to do with either of those planets. Right. Same here. Rulership. Exactly. So same here. It, it, that's where the conjunction's happening. That's where the sort of the power, that's where the jolt, the light of electricity is really happening. Right. So for me, it's because of the degree of Aquarius that it is, even though Aquarius rules my third house, zero degrees Aquarius is in my second. Um, oh yeah. Right. If you don't use whole whole house. Exactly. Systems, no, which I don't, quadrant. I don't, I don't use whole house. No, it doesn't, only... it's not about quadrant. I don't use a whole house system personally um, or a whole sign system. Um, but so understanding where that zero degrees 
Aquarius falls in your own chart can help you understand where gives you sort of additional data as to where this piece around your uniqueness and acting upon your unique needs and values, it, where you're, that's re, you're really being called to act upon that. Um, and that there may even be events that make it difficult for you not to, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, that's just the way that it's like, oh, we tend to back burner stuff till if it's not, it doesn't, we don't know how to make it happen or it feels challenging and we defer and we defer and we defer and then the gods get louder when we don't listen, right? And then you can't avoid. It's true. true. Um, But so just rather than having it be something that is fearful, really looking at it, this opportunity of like, you get to go after what you really want for yourself. That's really your unique passion and interest and how exciting that could be rather than being fearful of not getting it. (laughs) Right. And I think a lot of times people are so afraid that what they want isn't going to manifest that they don't try. It is a breakaway just as the traditional from in ancient times of Saturn that couldn't see beyond. And now we know that there's Uranus and it's that trust that Uranus is really there, whether we see it or not. And it's going to bring the unknown, you know, that friend of, 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 you could even say it's neighboring friend of uh, Neptune that would be further out because there is that trust factor of, of kind of leaping across the syntaxes. You know, I often think of that as a two in the brain, all the neurons that actually don't touch. They have to leap from one to the other to make connection. And there is that act of faith almost, you know, that, yeah, it just, this, whether it's a, whether it's electromagneticness and that's why, or the will and everything else involved, because for, you're right. I'm agreeing that, um, this area at zero degrees happens to be in my quadrant sixth house. Uh, it's not ruled by th- that. It's ruled, but it is. Um, no, no, no. I'm all mixed up. Yeah, I, I, I have 29 degrees, so I get, pardon me. Yes, it is ruling my sixth house, although it's sitting in my fifth house. That's right. In fact, it's just conjunct my Jupiter. It's making quite a bit of a stir. Mm. <laughs> it's really stirring <laughs> the pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, all of that helps us to unpack how we can make the most of this opportunity. And also keeping in mind that Venus is currently Morning Star. Right. So mm. morning star, she's in the morning star phase, meaning that we don't see she sets before the sun right now. Right. So we can't see her early evening because the sun is still out and that before and then she's below the horizon by the time it's dark. So early, early in the morning, she becomes visible. And when she's in that phase, even the older names for her of phosphorus in the Greek right? So we have light, right? I mean, you think of phosphorus as the chemical compound, right? Phosphorescent lights, right? And, and Lucifer in the Latin is the bearer of light, bringer of light. So there's this illumination 
that is happening with this conjunction in this spark of instant aha that's the Aquarian energy. And then the gift of Mars being there is we get to act upon it instead of having this like epiphany that we do nothing with. So true. And go like, oh, well, that's neat. And then it just sort of falls flat. Yeah. (laughs) And with Mars being there, we get to actually do something that is revolutionary, do something that is human. I mean, what I'm seeing in my circle of friends and community is the rallying around the Ukrainian people and the number of personal friends I know who are doing fundraisers through various other organizations. I think it's, it's in the like 20, 25 people right now that I know that are working directly with nonprofit organizations, getting supplies to Ukraine. I have a friend who's on the Polish border right now who flew there Tuesday to work with refugee children. All of that is this kind of energy that we are in with this conjunction of, you know, the woman I know who's in Poland right now, she ran the summer camp I went to as a child. And she's going to be 80 this year. And she flew to Poland essentially on a moment's notice to her passion. Her whole life has been doing international peace work with children. And here she is at almost 80 doing it again on a moment's notice. That's absolutely this part of this function. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Laura. That is beyond striking to consider this definition that is social 11th house the highest of humanity to to elevate and improve you know all the highest alignment of 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 the networking of the community you know it's um and the opposite the polarity you know with children Mm -hmm. the fifth house it's just it it, is that leonian polarity yeah and it does unify us in this sense that you know as spoken with earlier, and I'm sure no surprise to a lot of people, you know, we had two years of the coronavirus, which is still evident, although with science, we have options now, whether it's a shot or whether it's a pill afterwards, but there's, and masks, there's various ways we're navigating that trauma, but nevertheless, that trauma or that, that experience has leveled us as a globe into a common experience and now with ukraine as one soul said it's like a second wound but yet it is on a different different uh it's more of a physical right it's, it's mm-hmm. not just this little thing that we can hardly see unless we have a microscope it's 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 actually in our physicality something that is unifying the globe through many means so it's um Fascinating. Let's talk about our charts. We have a few minutes here before we sign off for the first half hour. Yeah, we're in, if you want So, to... I mean, so zero degrees Aquarius, as I was saying, for me, falls in my second. Yes, Aquarius rules my third, but zero degrees Aquarius is, um, lands in my, my second. Um, and so it, I get sort of this added piece about values, right? Because that's what the second house governs is our personal values, our personal resources. Mm. And so how, and I think part of it for me is um, assessing how am I allocating my money? How am I, where am I spending money? Is, is it lining up with what I want? Right. Or are there areas 
to or even ways new ways of bringing in money bringing in resources cultivating resources that are in alignment with my values right and how to put that forward or how to use those um acting upon what i want that's revolutionary that's innovative putting those values out there right i'm going to teach another section of the myth course that you took last year starting in April. And I just did an email blast about it, right? As um, on Friday and as the sun Jupiter conjunction was perfecting around then. And um, so it's this putting my unique values and actions out into the world with, and how it's tied to my personal values. It's sort of like your about my values time squared, right? In mathematical terms, it's like yeah. to the second degree. So it really becomes not degree in, in astrological language, but, you know, in mathematics where, um, and yeah. um, so it's this for personally very, this amplification of it being about what I have and what I need and what I want. Fascinating. And plus the fact, if I might say that you are an author, you're in the focus. I know you shared with three different books that you're, you're considering. And the fact that it's third house, you know, that it rules it kind of brings that into mind too. It's this whole expansion because you're a lecturer also. You've done lectures at many uh, conferences and that's always an option too. So thank you. For me, it rules the sixth house, but it is right in my beginning of my fifth house, conjuncting my Jupiter, which is an apex, the focal point of a yod, a significant yod that has to do with all other outer planets. I mean, has between the rulers, I mean, stability of Saturn and breakaway Uranus and Venus. So uh, the point being, I'm really recalibrating, redigesting cosmos. In mm -hmm. two weeks on the 20th will be the fifth season. We'll have completed four years and it's five seasons, starting the fifth season. Happens to be astrology day on Sunday, the 20th. And this spring equinox, which is always the day of the of astrology day. So as of last year, I'm collaborating with East West Center, which has five in, in Seattle, which has five astrologers, and there'll be seven of us all together for a panel about astrology day. And then following immediately will be an event that they're having with 15 people all across the globe. And so we're partnering with how we're um, networking this. And it's not quite on their site, which is East West bookshop.com, but it will be. So next year we'll get a little spot so that people can join up and they'll get links for both. And of course, we're always free and there's a slight charge for theirs, but that's an exciting thing. And I'm totally redoing the website with a new format to make it more e easier. And I've changed two uh, um, uh, panels, uh, both of which have worked very hard and done a great job cosmic collaboration for the last two and a half years which is now going to be kaleidoscope 
visions. All of a sudden, my tongue wouldn't work. Kaleidoscope visions. And Moonbeam team, which has also worked very hard and been very success, successful as far as its energy with the moons, is now going to be weaving symbols. So they're both in action. And of course, all of this is hammering my daily agenda <laughs> in ruling, you know, the, the anyways, somehow in there. But it's exciting. Oh, well, I guess that's our focus. Thank you, Laura. Okay. Yes. Talk Cosmos will return with Planet Buzz March 6th. Thank you for staying with us. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs to energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hi, this is John Luke. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars and planets. Alternative Talk, 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. <laughs> Little humor. I think Aquarius loves humor. Thank you, Laura. And this is Planet Buzz, just for our audience. And we're talking about this conjunction today occurring between Venus, our attractions that rules two signs, and Venus, Libra, and Taurus, and also with uh, Mars. You know, we didn't bring up the chart. We have a lovely music. I love it. Maybe we can do that. Sure. Um, yeah, there we go. And what came to mind was you brought up so many wonderful ideas that because this is a disruption, it's one way to say, like, if we're awakening with this Ho'opono ho Opono here in Hawaii, mm -hmm. there was a wonderful Dr. Len who made it infamous across, I think, the consciousness when he worked in a prison. Uh, the psych ward. Yes, psych ward. Yes, the, the four 
essential statements. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thinking of our unity and that this is a not just for the other, but for the self. So what mm-hmm. I'm presenting is this idea of who am I and who's in charge, which really does mm-hmm. get down to, you know, I had not, I was researching and I thought, well, my goodness, that's really something as we're negotiating what you had brought up with these two uh, personal planets, you know, that are in these signs. And there's so many ways to begin. I know that you had shared that it that although every 18 months within 32 years that Venus and Mars, I think, um, conjunct, what is it? 120 so what? No, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm mixed up, but only a few in Aquarius. So I'll let you lead. (laughs) So what I was researching, so every 32 years, there's 25 Ah. Venus Mars conjunctions. I don't know where you got the hundreds that doesn't happen multiple (laughs) times a year. Okay. (laughs) Um, And of those 25 conjunctions, five of them are retrograde. Okay. That's where I got the five. Gotcha. Um, and five is really significant to think about because in general, five is a very important number for Venus, right? Five has a lot to do with Venus's sonotic cycle in general. And it's Venus a sacred started. number to Venus. So eight it's a years. Really interesting yes. five, eight year cycles, right? Is Venus's cycle. Um, and which is when she draws a rose in the sky with her orbit. Um, sacred geometry, yes. And so just thinking about, um, and every fifth conjunction, regardless of sign, is a retrograde conjunction. Mm-hmm. So again, we get five showing up over and over and over again with this dance between Mars and Venus. Um, and, you know, so because they are, ret- they are conjunct, these two bodies, with some degree of frequency, like going through every date is not really practical. Um, but looking at their conjunction just in the sign of Aquarius, which is what this one, you know, at 2.12 in the morning here on the East Coast, um, that, so that has happened with much less regularity, right? So I looked at just dates in the 20th and 21st century. This is the first one this century, mm-hmm. right? Um not the first conjunction, but the first conjunction in Aquarius. Um, and so the most recent one was December 22nd, 1997. Um, and at that point, the conjunction occurred at three degrees, 37 minutes. Um, and it, it appears pretty much it goes, they cycle back and forth with Venus being evening star, morning star. So she was evening star with the last conjunction which is a different energy than this more initiatory bringing of the light that is this current conjunction in her evening star phase, right? It's, she's really bright at night. We had that last fall, right? Where she was, she was brilliantly beautiful, Mm. but it's not this returning of the light that is the morning star. It's more, she's preparing to go into the underworld, preparing to have a more inner process. Um, And I thought one thing that was interesting to make note of with that particular conjunction was it was within a couple degrees of opposition of Uranus. 
Oh, interesting. Uranus was yeah. six degrees. That doesn't make sense. Why is it? I don't know. It must have been a different. That can't. Uranus wasn't have been in Leo. That would be 97. We're talking about yeah. 1997. It must have been yeah. a different. I don't know what I was seeing because that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work mathematically. <laughs> um, I could. But yeah. um, yes. But so later, there was later ones that I think. Or no, I'm sorry. It was conjunct. I read the. I was reading. Okay. It okay. It was conjunct. It was, con, it was conjunct. Uranus at six degrees um, Aquarius. So that being really significant, that makes more sense. That's where Uranus was yeah, and that in is the 90s. Beautiful, <laughs> um, though. Thank you. So Uranus being at six degrees Aquarius for that most recent conjunction, and again, it was at three degrees then, so it's only a three-degree orb. Um, and Uranus governing Aquarius, as we've been talking about, would have made it even more... Um, Uranian and Aquarian energy, right? Like I was saying with it being in my second it house, is. sort of Venus squared, that would have made it Uranian squared. Or and more. it's inter thank you. And it's interesting to remember on your own diary of life, because that happens to be conjunct my part of fortune. And that was an enormous, huge sudden break from a whole part of life into the second latter mm -hmm. part of life for me. So yes, I'm, avidly listening so we're at december 22nd 97 and and about a month later was the monica Lewinsky scandal broke mm. which i think is tied to that conjunction well it it is the cosmic well it's cosmic lovers but still it, it well and, but it's about with, it was all about more than values. that but more than that we have the united states has the south node at six degrees aquarius yeah so it was conjunct that meaning there is a recalibration uh and i'm not one to have i'm i admit i did not persecute our president for that at that time, but it, it did lend to a lot of um, opposition and maybe help to uh, separate people into their camps. I'm well, not sure. I think where I see it as related is it was a shock around values oh, to yes. the country. And That's the true. right acting and how people responded, the actions taken were not taken in response to this shock of values. And it is in the second house for the nation, along with Pluto. I mean, they both are in that house of our sensuality, our finances, our values. I mean, you know, a lot. So natural. that's what I, I think that it's, that's, you know, as a country, what we valued and the actions and how do we respond to values or this shock of what is valued or not valued. And or how values are seen, right? And or whether it made a difference to evaluate the um, capacity of a president, I suppose, too. Right. Know. So it's it's definitely. I think that that it, even though again, like as I was saying, just because you didn't, you weren't awake at two twelve in the morning, doesn't mean that you might not have something related to this conjunction manifest in your life. Um, yeah, and that they can be. Um, you know, often the event is different than 
the manifestation, right? The point, the conjunction isn't necessarily the moment we see an event that's tied to the conjunction. No, we have to get away from that instant clicking. I often think of the television where we expect an immediate result, whereas this is a vibrational energy that just shifts and changes and that takes time to And, you know, it's, it's the, yeah, or that the, the foundation is being set for what might manifest. I think yes. particularly when you're looking at things that are in the earlier degrees. And these were, as you had said, three degrees. That, yeah. that one was also at zero degrees, I think. No, three, deg- no. three degrees, 37 minutes. Oh, okay. I'm reading wrong here. Yeah, close. So then And then Uranus was at six. Yes, very good. Um, and so the one prior to that was February 19th, um, 1992. Um, and um, so that one was at one degree, zero minutes. So we get sort of an inverted from this one that was zero degrees, one minute, <laughs> the, the one that just happened. This, the one in 92 was one degree, zero minutes. Um, and again, Venus was morning star. So the previous, the one in 97, she was evening, she was morning this morning. And she was mourning in 92. Um, And some of the other aspects that were going on then that I thought were significant to bring up. um, So at that point, Chiron was in opposition. That's where I was was reading. I went one down before. So Chiron was four degrees Leo for that conjunction. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was significant to note that at that during the conjunction the moon was 15 virgo and jupiter was 10 virgo and i bring that up because that's the polarity mm. point of jupiter today and the sun yes yes right yes, so is. we were talking in and feel free to jump in sue right so we have this sun jupiter conjunction at 15 pisces today and in the last day or so that's been going on. It's fascinating because at that time I was in the midst of going back to college and I had just completed two years and it was for music. I had a degree in well, it was uh, music and it for jazz and also, which I had been involved with, but I thought I'd go back for some certain training and I wanted to do arranging is what I wanted to do mm-hmm. besides play all these instruments and, and that I was involved with. And I also did theory, but then I decided at that time to go ahead and get my AA in case I ever wanted to use it for a further, you know, four year degree. But the point is, is that I, you know, that Virgo energy wants to fix something, right? Wants to improve something. And now this energy with Pisces is so much about learning to use the, talk about awakening because that's 30 years prior. I was just thinking it's like a Saturn return. Saturn was also at that same point. So this is really a, a, that's a milestone. If we all went back to 92 and in some, you know, for this particular conjunction because it's like learning rather than us fixing all this in life which is important otherwise things decay and fall apart there's there's need for that but there's also a need in this awakening process to take in spirit the source 
as our companion and our mentor, in a sense, to recognize what are the signs. I think that's what's really driving me towards using like kaleidoscope visions and weaving symbols. It's like it's Mm -hmm. not just us that's at the steering here, you know. So that's fascinating. Yeah, because I think that, you know, it's these points get re-kicked, right? With this, essentially, we're in the Jupiter opposition of the two times ago conjunction, right? Where it's it's in this, op, it's opposing it and sort of a full moon phase uh, at the same time. And so I think that that all this gets interwoven. And I do think we can't really separate, even though it's helpful for a learning perspective to isolate conjunctions. You know, mm-hmm. we have our whole chart, right? I don't exist with just my sun Venus conjunction and I ignore the fact that it squares Pluto, you know, like, um, so pairing, even though it's a weird aspect, you know, it's not really an aspect between the, I mean, it's sort of a sex, a semi sextile and a half. (laughs) That is this Mars Venus conjunction to the sun Jupiter conjunction, it's not really an aspect, right? They're a sign and a half away from each other. Um, or two signs, you know, it's an, it's an odd angle, um, but that it still has impact. And I think it does um, potentially, as you were saying, like give it the higher purpose that is that energy. And it is... Um, a little, I don't know, wide, I mean, to, to the Neptune, right? Where that's seven degree orb. But, 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 but Laura, I'm with you because truly speaking, when we're talking about Pisces, one of the hallmarks is it doesn't have any boundaries. It's those energies beyond our control. And we are, it was just, we will leave this chart up for a little bit because people can notice, okay, those Pisces, this is for the United States, you know, it's on the East coast because like by the time it gets to Hawaii, it's in a totally, it's um, uh, Gemini rising or Libra rising rather. So, but here, for the nation, the ninth house would be where those Virgo energies mm. would be. So it's really like we're communicating now those needs. And here we mm-hmm. are, whereas before it was in our philosophy, our our way of sort of our structure, our, our belief system, you know, like, hey, we've got power, we can do this. Whereas mm-hmm. now we're going, oh my gosh, what is in our power? And and it's, it's, it's another whole dimension of it. Whereas the conjunction itself is still in self, first house, according mm-hmm. to this chart. So it's, I think it is. Yep. Am I correct? Yeah. In yeah, this chart, would, the, the conjunction for DC, it's yeah, it's in the first. Yeah. So I think it's, it's potent. At any rate, what are the ones? Fa- so you had 92 and those yeah, so, five years apart. Um. Yeah, so then later, and I didn't get as much into the history of it, but so January 9th, 1966. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was Vietnam War in this country. That was the civil rights movement going on in this country, right? That yeah. was and LBJ Pluto was and president. And Uranus um, and Pluto were conjunct. You know, and at that point, the one thing I found right around then, which is maybe part of that, was LGBT. LGBT. <laughs> um, 
Lyndon Johnson was oh, saying no, that um, we would stay in Vietnam till we won at that point. Oh. Right around this conjunction. It didn't happen, <laughs> but <laughs> that could be a sort of, and at that point, Venus was retrograde with this conjunction. The, the preceding ones or the, the later ones, the most recent ones to us, um, both Mars and Venus were direct. But in 66, Venus was retrograde. And that might have been part of like making that declaration with Venus retrograde. It didn't manifest. And I'm thinking, too, at 13 degrees and a half, it's pretty close to that center mark of 15, meaning it's a fixed sign. And people, amazingly, as open-minded as as Aquarius is, it can be very fixed. You know, it can be very determined. And so probably thought at that time that this was the idea. But um, that it's interesting to me to hear how Uranus keeps moving around. First time, like last time it was conjunct. Uh, then uh, in, in this in, in 97, it was conjunct. And yeah. then and but this, this time it's con, Uranus is conjunct Pluto in Virgo. Yeah. So and interestingly, the next time uh, in 97, like you showed that that the uh, Jupiter and, and Neptune were, I mean, Jupiter was, in other words, we were trying to do that fixed energy. And yes. here is the seeding of that. In fact, Rictarnus, which if people haven't looked at, there's still time today to connect with his nine episodes of um, changing of the gods. In other words, mm -hmm. his book, Cosmos and Psyche, yeah. which is fabulous. Um. Yeah, so I think, you know, and and keep tethering back to Uranus because of its connection archetypally to Aquarius, right? That, yes, that that's they're true. connected. Um, so the one prior to 1966 was January 24th, 1934. And again, Venus was retrograde. But, and again, she was Morningstar. So that's what we were getting this sort of, it keeps, she, she keeps flip-flopping back and forth with the conjunctions between being morning star and evening star in Aquarius. Um, and at 21 degrees, 49 minutes. So almost, almost 22 degrees. Um, and, you know, so again, we get this and that Venus, you know, we even without getting into the specific events that were going on, they're just thinking about what was going on in the world in 1934. Oh, yeah. The, the Oklahoma with the Dust Bowl and the depression economically and, and resources being and broken. And how that gets tied to values and how we oh. act on values. And did Roosevelt then have the New Deal? When did it he It might have been right around that. Yeah. yeah. And so he therefore recal you know, brought in, hey, let's find work for people, what they do. He had artists. He had all kinds of people. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and then the, I, so I only went back to the beginning of the 20th century. So then that's the okay. beginning of the 20th century, February 7th, 1902, again, Venus is retrograde, um, 29 degrees, 21 minutes. So almost, almost not Aquarius, <laughs> almost Pisces. I, did did you bring up and here I'm jumping in, but I happen to know that in 1905, a host of nations, including Norway, 
Um, and I say that because, and I brought my father came, was born in Norway, so it's evident to me. But a bunch of countries broke loose, just like later in the 60s, a bunch of countries broke loose from co colonialism. But in 1905, I think uh, uh, Mexico may have too. I'm not sure about that. I don't know that that would be this conjunction because that's three years different. No, so. it is. But I'm just thinking the rippling effect. You yeah. know, I think that in this case, on a mundane level, that one may have been because it is 29 degrees. It's like, well, and right the, the other beginning. thing. So where I was seeing this pattern of morning, mm. evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, she's combust, or they're both combust. Mars, yeah, so the it's Mars very Venus, pure. So the Mars Venus conjunction is combust that she's neither morning star or evening star. Right. Well, so combust, you. meaning that they're rising and setting so close to the sun that we couldn't see either Mars or Venus. Oh, yes. Or that what you mean. We just internalize. It's internalized. It's expressed. And it, it, it's so very good because we only have, I think, well, a couple we've minutes about, left. Yeah, about five minutes. Like three, that. apparently. Or three. Oh, okay. Well, I will say <laughs> thank you. And we're not quite finished, but just to recap, this is Planet Buzz with Talk Cosmos on March 6th. And I have Dr. Laura Tad and myself, Sue Minahan, Sue Rose Minahan. And we've been talking about this conjunction today in Aquarius, which is our cosmic lovers and along with this in Aquarius. And then of course we have this other conjunction with Pisces that is like dissolving everything. And we haven't, and it's time to fly your freak flag, meaning have that identity awaken to that part of ourselves. Be yourself be, and be that unique self and be proud of being yes. that unique self, right? That's to me what that colloquial phrase means is be upfront, you know, present yourself as your unique self, however odd and unusual that might be from our, the cultural conditioning that we may have been brought up in that in, and to me, the word freak is like, it's a great word. It's not derogatory. It's how we are unique. It's how we are different, how we break the mold and, owning that, honoring that, leading with that, because that's why we're here, right? We're here to contribute to the world in our own unique way. Even if there's parallels and overlaps with other people, there's something unique about each of us. We each have a, a completely gift. unique chart, right? Yes. And so that uniqueness and letting that shine, honoring that instead of out of fear of how it will be received, shrinking back and trying to square peg round hole our identity, um, really leading with our uniqueness. And that's part of what this conjunction sort of ushers us to do, calls us it's to do. It's beautiful. Yeah, I really thank you, Laura. It's been, uh, oh boy, it is true. Like we're to ask, what are we going forward? And who am I? And be the, the me. And the you. And uh, thank you. I think I can hear myself. Anyway, so next week we'll have the first one of Kaleidoscope Visions, a new start. And thank you. Tune in always. And we're so grateful to have you with us.
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.